What's up, everybody? It's The Finger, a.k.a. The Dean, a.k.a. Dean The Finger. And for those who don't know me, my name is actually Dean Infinger. So if you're wondering why I went with that whole spiel, now you know. And how you guys doing? You know, I wish I could talk with you guys, but I can't. So I'll just tell you how I'm doing. I'm doing fantastic. I'm learning a lot of things. I'm writing a lot more. I'm reading a lot more. Uh, I deleted all my games off my phone. I haven't been watching a lot of TV lately. I've been doing proactive things, physical things. Oh, it's just been, it's been really good. It's been a growing time in my life. I'm growing a lot. I'm excited for the further growth, or the future growth anyway. And yeah, that's just, that's how I'm doing. So I'm doing this podcast because I was sitting here writing a book that I actually started writing just a few days ago, and I've written quite a bit. So I was wondering if you guys would like to hear my first chapter or intro or whatever this is going to be, whatever part of this book it's going to be. I don't know yet because I know I haven't had any guests on and I started this podcast, shared it. Uh, I had a couple crappy episodes just kind of messing around with it just to get people to, you know, kind of know what it is. I'm a lot better at talking than that, I promise. So, yeah, if you want to hear me read this book or this portion of my book, then stick around. It's going to be interesting, to say the least. And we're back. Okay, so the name of this book is Money, Land, and Freedom. Man is meant to live off of the land. Men who are denied this opportunity become lack. Testosterone is a driving force of nature, and our infrastructural society puts limitations on our primal expression. I am not a cultural sociologist, but I believe the shortage of primal, also known as nature, exposure, our species has experienced for generations is a significant contribution to today's dramatic aggression towards social issues. Now let me explain. As humans, we are biologically predisposed to thrive when living within a closer proximity of an abundance of natural resources. In layman's terms, we are happier in nature. During the tribal era of human history, villages would have to be in direct contact with nature on a daily basis in order to survive. For example, men would gather in groups frequently through every moon cycle and hunt large game to provide food and materials for their village. Women would also gather in groups just as frequently, if not more, and gather food and materials to provide for their village as well. The villagers would then compile the food and materials they have collected and combine them to create items and meals that were far superior to what could have been created by the individual groups. The herbs collected by the women would be used to season the meat hunted by the men. The skin from the animals would be bound by twine collected from the forest to create clothing. The wood chopped from the forest would be bound by vines gathered to create infrastructures. There were numerous useful items and tasteful meals, all done by humans using the abundance of resources provided by our planet Earth in order to survive and progress as a community. 
Subsequently, beyond food and useful items, this process assimilated a connected and respectful community of human beings, ones who interacted daily, and ones who had pride in their community, all through the medium of their duty to interact, interact and cooperate frequently in order to survive. Now, I'm not saying that we should all ditch the screens and start sleeping under the trees, as nice as it sounds, believe me. I'm saying that we could thoroughly benefit from reconnecting with our primal desires to run and play with each other freely through the forest from time to time, growing and hunting our own food, and feasting together in appreciation of our take, living in smaller communities closer to nature, letting go of our stronghold onto our egos and the drive for status, leaning on each other, and caring for your neighbor's well-being just as much as your bank account. In the modern landscape we are currently experiencing, we are driven by ego. Today's society has been molded into a materialistic safe haven powered by an electric desire for money. Money is, by all means, a necessity. Pardon me if I offend those who are drawn to the lifestyle of penniless wanderlust, but if you possess the values of a good-hearted human being and have the aspiration to live in a more loving community, then you should also possess the ethics of a leader and not those of a keyboard warrior. In order to develop more loving, respectful, and selfless communities in modern society, you need capital. Of course, you can donate your time and service and say, feed the homeless at your local shelter. I fully support that type of small endeavor in helping your community. Consequently, although you are not literally pulling money out of your bank account for those small endeavors today, time equals money. Our society has been constructed into an incrementally measured system of time. Now, time is relative, but our 24-hour system has been taken advantage of by the people in power, aka the ones who own big business, so that they could decide what each hour of our time is worth. According to knowledge, skill, and experience, we can now determine whether an hour of your life is worth $7.25 or $1,000. How exciting. Despite the fact that I just made it painfully clear how dependent our convergence of resources is on the value of an hour of our life, which is determined by someone or a group of people that we have no personal connection with, I am not trying to discourage your charitable spirit or discourage your faith in humanity. My ambition is to give you perspective and awareness of the rat race that we call society. In addition to providing you with the knowledge and skills that I believe to be imperative to building a better tomorrow. If your goal is not to help progress society, but just help yourself enough that you can provide a lending hand to your friends and family, then don't go anywhere. Because the values, ethics, and knowledge I'll be sharing is still valuable to your cause. As a result, helping yourself, friends, and family is still a significant contribution to your community. Being a successful and loving leader in your community will inspire those around you to help themselves as well and lead a similar lifestyle. By that logic, theoretically, one of seven people you influence will aspire to larger movements in society's overall betterment. I referenced the tribal era of human history in order to accentuate the extreme aspect of pure freedom and the benefits of living solely off of the land. To highlight the opposition of that extreme, I will talk about modern-day Japan. Today, Japan is one of the most materialistic and money-driven societies in the world. The men are usually the sole earners of the uh, average Japanese household, but that doesn't mean that the women are not affected by this culture. 22% of men in Japan work on average 
50 plus hours a week. Now, keep in mind that this is only a statistic and it doesn't really exemplify the extreme nature of their work ethic. When the average Japanese male is asked about the most important aspect of their life, they will often respond with work. The values and courtesy and work in Japan, along with the irrational time dedicated to their craft, has resulted in an epidemic the Japanese call karoshi. The literal translation is death from overwork. Countless of overworked Japanese men and women literally die of exhaustion, leaving countless women and some men widowers. There are support groups for these who lost their spouses to Kuroshi, and some of those spouses will commit suicide in reaction to their partner's sudden death. Japan is also host to the second highest suicide rate in the world. In 2014, an average of 100 people per day were committing suicide. A natural forest in Japan called the Akagahara, or Sea of Trees, has adopted another name over the years. That name is Suicide Forest, because men and women will enter the forest, leaving a long string in their path so that they can be found and kill themselves, usually by drug overdose or more commonly by hanging themselves on the branch of a tree. Like Karoshi, these suicides are mostly affiliated with the work culture of Japan. This exaggerated example of our materialistic system truly shows how detrimental our reliance on the dollar can be. We are, with no exaggeration, slaves to the dollar. In America, we pride ourselves of the freedom our country supposedly provides, but, as I've explained, our freedom is utterly dependent on how much currency we have acquired. Freedom can be measured in a few different aspects. It can be measured by time. For example, how much time do you have each day that isn't occupied by some sort of an obligation? Also, freedom can be measured by finance. For example, if you quit your job right now, how long could you survive without making any more money. Now, my personal favorite is freedom measured by space. For example, how much space outside of your house do you have the freedom to be entirely nude? These measurements are a good foundation to evaluate the amount of freedom you, as an individual, have obtained. How much free time do you have? How much capital do you possess? How much land do you own? Unfortunately, the freedom we are so graciously granted is only as vast as those three principles. Time and financial freedom usually go hand in hand. The less time you have to dedicate to making money, the more freedom you have. The time and financial freedom you possess usually dictates how likely it is for you to own land. Well, the financial aspect definitely has a larger say in that area, although the more time you have, the more you can capitalize on the utilization of your land. When your land is properly utilized, that's when your financial freedom, along with time, will skyrocket. In the beginning of the age of currency, land has always given power to those who own it. If you have crops and livestock, then you control a portion of the food supply for society, which is, and always will be, a necessity. In conclusion, the goal is to acquire a large amount of money and time freedom in order to acquire a large plot of land, grow crops, and raise livestock, although not required, and then possess and experience true freedom. Which is why my book is entitled Money, Land, and Freedom. All right, well, <clears throat> I've never read for anybody before, especially not on a recording, so I hope you guys like that. Um, that was what I've written so far, which I do believe I'm going to make the introduction to the book and... 
I'm going to dive as deep as I can on those three principles. Money, how to make it, where to make it, how much you would probably need. Land, how much land you should have, what kind of soil you should use for growing crops or, you know, I will explain the type of land you should have for any kind of endeavor you will choose. And then I will dive even deeper on the concept of freedom and how to acquire true freedom and what freedom really is. So I hope you guys like that. So uh, yeah, just let me know what you think. And this concludes the first actual informative episode of The Finger. And this is The Finger. Catch you later.